Welcome to episode 21 of the Public Health Report, where we discuss current events in the public health sphere. I'm your host this week, Lizzie Wilson, and today we're diving into the emerging public health threat that's making a lot of headlines lately, and that's avian influenza H5N1. On Wednesday, February 8th, the director of the World Health Organization made an announcement concerning H5N1 in minks, otters, and sea lions. Now, typically these avian influenza A viruses affect aquatic birds, but sometimes they also affect poultry and uh, pretty rarely mammals, as we see here. You may have heard about the outbreak of H5N1 at a mink farm in Spain. It occurred in October and was reported on in Eurosurveillance on January 19th of 2023. So here's what happened. At the beginning of October 2022, mink farm workers noticed that the mink's mortality rate jumped from the baseline rate of 0.25 up to 0.77. So they were wondering what's going on, and so they began testing the animals for viruses, including H5N1 and SARS-CoV-2. And they found that they tested positive for H5N1. The disease appeared to spread in hotspots around several pens, leading many minks to become infected with H5N1 and uh, ultimately, all 51,986 animals were culled. However, despite coming into contact with infected minks, no farm workers tested positive for the virus. A news article published in Nature last week explains why this particular outbreak is concerning. So unlike in past outbreaks of H5N1, this one demonstrates potential mammal-to-mammal infection. Previously, all infections in mammals could be attributed to contact with materials contaminated with the virus. So that would be like bird droppings or infected chicken feed. But in this case, poultry farms supplying feed to the mink farm did not experience outbreaks of H5N1. And it's likely that infected wild birds, which are attracted by the mink's food, enter these high-density open-air cages where minks are kept, and the virus eventually jumps species and then spread amongst the minks. Summer Institute, SI, is one of the top adolescent and sexual conferences in the nation. The host of this annual conference, Fact Forward, is inviting all adolescent and sexual health professionals to join them in Charleston, South Carolina, to explore how we can achieve optimal health for adolescents. Attend Summer Institute 2023, Exploring Optimal Health for Adolescents, June 14th through 16th as we learn from some of the leading voices in adolescent and sexual health, addressing topics like adolescent mental health, social determinants of health, STI prevention, health equity, and adequately serving LGBTQIA youth. Early bird pricing runs until April 3rd, so take advantage of the discount. Learn more by visiting factforward.org SI. Currently, H5N1 is not efficiently and sustainably transmitted between humans. And that really bears repeating. The current threat to human health is low. In fact, the New York Times reports that globally, only 10 cases of H5N1 have been reported in humans since December of 2021. Notably, with zero reported cases of human-to-human transmission. However, in cases of human infection with H5N1, WHO reports a 56% case fatality rate. And there are some warning signs that could make human-to-human transmission and a pandemic 
more likely. So let's briefly touch on those. So first, H5N1 is infecting a larger number of migratory birds during this outbreak, which raises the risk of a new variant spreading to people. Second, H5N1 infected minks, and it likely did spread mammal to mammal in October. If that's the case, it's unprecedented. And it's especially alarming because the upper respiratory tract of minks is actually a very good conduit for humans' upper respiratory tracts. Third, if a farmer infected with a different strain of influenza were simultaneously infected with H5N1, these viruses could undergo a process called reassortment, which is just swapping genes during co-infection, and potentially create a virus that is more transmissible between people. Indeed, a 2021 study in emerging microbes and infections found that minks are commonly infected with both human and avian influenza A viruses, which really makes them an ideal species for reassorting these viruses. And the researchers of this study recommend taking steps to uh, minimize contact with raw poultry products, as well as take urgent steps to increase surveillance at mink farms. Right now, most people affected by H5N1 really notice it at the grocery store. So that's in the form of egg shortages and rising food costs. And even without infecting people, this is serious. Since the start of 2022, the CDC has detected 6,000 cases of H5N1 in wild birds. And over 58 million poultry birds have been affected. Of course, this means we should all take basic precautions, especially if you happen to work closely with poultry. Do not touch sick or dead birds or other wild animals, and instead call it in and report it. But what can we in public health do? To quote Benjamin Franklin, by failing to prepare, we are preparing to fail. In other words, the most important question we can ask ourselves as public health professionals is what can we do better to prepare for the next inevitable pandemic, be it H5N1 or something else? A combination of careful surveillance of birds and high-risk operations such as mink farms, and potentially even voluntary vaccination of high-risk workers with H5N1 vaccines could help prevent a pandemic. Notably, many of the H5N1 vaccines are incubated in chicken eggs. And since H5N1 has a 90 to 100% mortality rate in poultry, according to the CDC, more vaccines, and particularly more mRNA vaccines, as I'll touch on in a second, should be approved as soon as possible. Vaccines that are quick to make are a very important part of a good pandemic preparedness plan. The United States keeps a relatively small stockpile of H5N1 vaccines, which honestly makes sense because these vaccines lose potency over time. And plans to mass produce the best suited vaccines would be used should the need arise. According to the global nonprofit PATH, an mRNA vaccine can be synthesized in mere minutes, which could potentially cut the time to mass produce H5N1 vaccines by some estimates in half. We are finally in a transition point with the COVID-19 pandemic. But as much as many of us do not even want to think about another pandemic, this is exactly the right time to plan ahead. 
And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. You know, if this story continues to evolve, we'll likely revisit this topic. But tune in next week to hear what else is happening in the world of public health. You can follow our podcast and like this episode wherever you're listening from. And please visit us at publichealthpodcasters.com. Again, that's publichealthpodcasters.com, where you can build connections with other public health professionals through our career network membership, as well as access our other official PHPN pods. I'm Lizzie Wilson. Thanks again for listening.